Now, let's talk sports with Kanoa Leahy on ESPN Honolulu. What's up, everybody? Welcome. It's a Thursday. It's Let's Talk Sports. Kanoa Leahy coming to you from the PAXA studios in Honolulu. And my guest co-host for the day is none other than sports director for KHON2, Rob DeMello. Robbie D, what's up, man? What's happening? What's up, man? How's it going? Going all right. Going okay. Uh, the voice. Uh, still yes. still working your way back here. Still, still rehabilitating. It's been a while, man. I'm starting to get a little <laughs> nervous. I can't really project without it cracking. I, I made the joke with uh, Sam Spangler the other day, and I was like, what if I actually never went through puberty? I'm going this through it right it now. now. Yeah. And I'm like, like in two months, I'll be six feet tall. Like- and then you'll, you'll sound like Barry White in <laughs> yeah. like by, the, by December, by Christmas or whatever. No, that's interesting. Um, I've had to deal with some uh, throat and voice uh, issues. Oftentimes, it's, it's on the tail end of being sick, which you were, right? So uh, it'll come back. I think yeah. the problem is, is like you talk for a living, so it's not as though you're, you're able to give it a, a, a whole bunch of rest and relaxation to, to kind of rebuild itself back. Like you're working through it, which, yeah. which isn't ideal. Playing through pain, baby. Maybe. That's right. That's right. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Not all heroes wear capes. Yeah. <laughs> 808-296-1420 is the number to call. You can also text in uh, at that number via the Zephyr Insurance text line. Uh, I want to thank Tanner Hayworth for filling in uh, on the show yesterday. Uh, I was uh, participating in the uh, University of Hawaii baseball fundraising golf tournament, which was over at Pearl. It was a rough day, rough day yesterday. <laughs> um, you know, really taxing, just really had to put in a lot of work. No, I'm just kidding. It was a lot of fun. Uh, there was some rough patches on the golf side, uh, but it was a really great event. Uh, Scott Robbs uh, emceed afterwards. They did a live auction and all that kind of stuff, and uh, just seemed like a really good group of people that were uh, all there uh, to support Rich Hill and this UH baseball program. Had a lot of the players that were able to come out for the reception afterwards. Uh, obviously, they had classes during the day, but uh, yeah, saw a bunch of the bows yesterday. It was a lot of fun. Uh, so, you go to a lot of these fundraisers these these golf events especially for the university of hawaii is, is the baseball one feature the best golfers right because you you often put those two together where pretty much everyone that plays baseball golfs and so is this the one that like had the best golfers um no <laughs> no, uh, there is no uh, standard, I think, uh, by which to measure like the quality of golf uh, from one tournament to the other. It's just like sometimes the ringers come out and sometimes they don't. Uh, I, I should admit, I'm, I'm not privy to exactly like what all the, the scores were. Um, I know that our team was very middle of the road, so not exactly sure or like which teams had sort of the, the best gunners, so to speak. Uh, but what I thought would have been cool, and I think it's hard to do it on a weekday, uh, but if if you were to hold this tournament, say, on a weekend or even a holiday or something, what would have been cool, I thought, because you're right, like baseball players, in my opinion, have such uh, an advantage in trying to parlay uh, their skill set to golf, right? I mean, it's a different swing, but one of the things that you do in baseball is you use that hip turn to generate power and, and bat speed, right? And it's the same uh, ideology when it comes to trying to generate club head speed in golf. It's that, that hip turn. Uh, and so like they have such an advantage, and I thought that would have been cool if they put at several of the, the par four, par five tee boxes, 
they had like one of the rainbow batters, right? Uh, and you could maybe pay like a, a certain amount of money, nominal fee or something, and have them hit a drive for your team, or oh. you know, like at least give you the option to take that drive. And I bet you some of them would have been banging yeah. some bombs. Uh, maybe not necessarily straight down the fairway, but I thought that uh, would be a cool feature if they could figure out, you know, scheduling wise around school and all that. Yeah, yeah, that little thing. That yeah, yeah, yeah. Do. Uh, yeah, that, no, I think that would be cool. Or even a, a out drive a rainbow, right? Oh, there you go. And, and so you win something if you can out drive Ben Ziegler, Namor, or, or, or you know whoever it is that that's up on that tee box. Yeah. yeah, look at these ideas. I know, man. We're idea man. Again, eight zero eight two nine six fourteen twenty is the number. You can also text in uh, at that number via the Zephyr Insurance text line. Got Robbie D, Rob Demello uh, here in the house. We're going to be giving away a pair of volleyball tickets for tomorrow night's match. Rainbow Wahine getting started in Big West Conference play. Seven and four through the non-conference slate puts their RPI around thirty at the moment, uh, but they'll get Big West play underway tomorrow against Cal State Bakersfield. Uh, we'll be giving away a pair of tickets to that. Also, we're going to be talking with Rainbow Wahine Volleyball outside hitter, six rotation player, Riley Wagner. That's going to be coming up in segment number two. Also coming up tonight, now that we're sort of in the uh, promo vibe here, what's to come? little programming note. Uh, obviously, it's going to be what I would imagine a pretty well-watched cover two tonight on KHON, considering the history, in essence, the achievement that was uh, accomplished this past weekend uh, when Kahuku was able to take down uh, St. John Bosco. What was your impression of that, and, and what can we look forward to on cover two here this evening? Uh, yeah, it, it was awesome. I mean, for Kahuku to be able to do that, and not only to to win the game, because we talked about it on the previous week's cover two leading up to that game, that you know you kind of imagine that you would see something different than the 55-8 loss to modern day. Kahuku plays different, right, on their home turf uh, against these uh, continental competition and you saw it against St. Francis the year before where they could have won that game and and so we we were kind of expecting that hey this is going to be a much closer game will they beat St. John Bosco I mean that's a pretty tough task and for them to be able to pull it off and, and really in in a game that was kind of sloppy on both sides right neither team played their best football and so that's when you really got to grit it out and for them to be able to accomplish that and like Sterling Carvalho said after the game you know, it's a bigger win than just for Kahuku. It's a win for all of Hawaii because now imagine if someone on Kahuku's schedule is able to beat Kahuku from Hawaii. Now, all of a sudden, that puts you in the national spotlight because the Red Raiders are as high as number nine in the country. And so it's absolutely huge, even moving forward years to come, that this is going to be a game that, that sends ripples uh, through all of Hawaii. And uh, yeah, and so we'll be talking about that tonight on, on Cover 2, 9.30 on KHON 2. We got a big uh, Kamehameha and Punahou game to, to gear up for and, uh, and and a whole lot of the uh, the the usual suspects, Rich Miano, R.J. Hollis. Uh, we got Mitch Ribberall, Billy Hall. Everyone will be there there tonight and it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, that's the very raspy voice of Rob DeMillo, <laughs> KHON 2 Sports Director. Looking forward to Cover 2 here this evening. Of course, you'll also be part of the uh, pay-per-view coverage on Spectrum Sports of UH Football here this week weekend. They're hosting New Mexico State. Uh, it has been a common foe here over the last several years. Uh, New Mexico State now a part of Conference USA. Uh, they joined that conference just a couple of months ago. Uh, this is a team that's on the rise, I think. They were able to win a bowl game last season. Of course, they did defeat Hawaii.
Hawaii in-laws cruises last year, a game that Timmy Chang and the rest of the Rainbow Warrior football team refers to as a, quote, embarrassing loss uh, and maybe the low light of the season last year in year one of the Timmy Chang era. Here's year two. Uh, you have a 2-2 two and two New Mexico State team coming in. Uh, you have a New Mexico State team that has uh, diversity once again from an offensive standpoint, right? They throw the ball. They run the ball. They have a quarterback that can do both things. Um, you know, maybe not with the, the greatest amount of efficiency and accuracy in all fronts, uh, but this is a tough team. Uh, make no mistake, uh, I don't think Hawaii is in a position to be able to assume anything going into any game against any opponent. That's clear. I think the other side of it is this is a New Mexico State team that can be kind of scary from that vantage point, especially when you consider, and I want to get your thoughts on this, uh, that Timmy Chang is referring to this as a must-win game. One in three going into this game. Do you agree with that assessment? How important do you see this game here on Saturday, Rob? I think it's huge, and and I've been accused a, a time or two of uh, being Mr. Superlative, but uh, I think this is the biggest game of the Timmy Chang era to this point, and and the simple reason being, you know, you saw flashes against Vanderbilt, against Stanford, against Albany. You saw where the shortcomings are as far as, you know, being undisciplined and, and, and having a mountain of mistakes. And so you're trying to figure out who is this University of Hawaii football team. And I think the way the schedule is built, you still don't know because you played three power five teams in an FCS team. You're finally playing a peer. And that's a group of five team in New Mexico State who is not going to be that much better or that much worse than anyone you play for the rest of the season. From a talent standpoint, In the right? Mountain West Conference, from a roster standpoint. Yep. And so this is truly the litmus test for this team to this point. Already, you know, the, this will be their fifth game. And now is when you really get to find out, okay, how good or how bad is this University of Hawaii football team? And... I mean, let's face it. I mean, and, and the big reason why is, is, like I said, New Mexico State isn't going to be that much better or worse than anyone you play for the rest of the year. And so the team will know that. And so if, if you lose this football game, and let's say you lose this football game handedly, now you watch film on the next team and the next team and the next team, and they're all going to remind you in New Mexico State, and you're going to have in the back of your head what happened against New Mexico State. And so that's why it's so important, and that's why Timmy Chang's putting it the way he is, is because he knows that these guys need to win this game to have confidence going into the Mountain West schedule. And, um, and by no stretch of the imagination is this a slam-dunk game. You mentioned uh, the the problems that New Mexico State provides and one of them one of the main reasons being their quarterback Diego Pavia who can throw it he can run it he's quick and lane bowl MVP last season they have a big offensive line um, but then they have their shortcomings as well they're very undisciplined and um, and so they allow teams into games and so when will it be that time where Hawaii takes advantage of that as opposed to the teams taking advantage of them making the mistakes and so this is a huge game this is a total crossroads game I think if UH wins this game they could feel confident that there's no one on their schedule they can't beat and that's a good feeling to have going into the conference play but if they lose this game then it looks a lot like it did last year where every game you're going to go in as the underdog, every game you're going to go in thinking, 
what kind of miracle is it going to take for Hawaii to win this football game? And that is a not a good place to be. Yeah, it does feel like, I think that's the appropriate term, it does feel sort of like a crossroads moment here for this season, right? Like this season can go potentially one of two different ways. They get a victory here this weekend, build a little bit of momentum, you go on the road to Vegas to start off conference play, and then all of a sudden it's like, hey, look, if we win this game, we got a little something going. We're 500 overall in the season. The goals of getting to a bowl game are mathematically realistic. And uh, I think that that's something that does add importance to this game. I believe we have a caller possibly trying to come in here uh, on the line. 808-296-1420 is the number. Um, but yeah, I, I think from a momentum standpoint, because if they don't win this Saturday, which I think is very much a possibility, uh, I, I, I don't begrudge New Mexico State for coming in with a certain amount of confidence, particularly based on what happened between these two teams last year. But if, they, if Hawaii comes out on the short end again here this weekend, now all of a sudden you start wondering, you start asking those questions you start wondering are we good enough how can we learn how to win um and you don't have that momentum then you don't have that launch pad if you will into that game against vegas uh and all of a sudden yeah you're staring right in the eyes of another possible two or three win type of season i'm not gonna say that they win this game they win seven and they go to a bowl uh, but I do think momentum is such a real thing especially for a younger team especially for a team that's still trying to develop the idea of learning how to win we have Miles uh, on the line Miles what do you think hi Miles uh, this is Miles we have six hey, more Miles. games to win <laughs> we have six more games to win and hopefully we get to win with New Mexico State and move on things play up and we'll be and I hope it's going to be a good win for Hawaii. Yeah, I appreciate that, Miles. Thanks for the call. Yeah, I mean, I think that's uh, all you got to do for us is kind of root for Hawaii to uh, to put it together here. And it doesn't help, obviously. They're going to be uh, a little bit short-staffed in terms of the injuries that they're dealing with, particularly on the defensive side. Uh, still no Cam Stone at the moment. At least that's the expectation. Obviously, the Logan Taylor injury, Foisila. I mean, there are just a, a laundry list now of, uh, of injured players for this Hawaii team team that are at the very least questionable going into this game. And so you have to overcome that obstacle as well. Yeah, I mean, Miles brought it up. that They, they got to win six games. In today's college football, maybe five, right? I mean, because we've learned that six and seven sometimes <laughs> yeah, yeah, gets yeah. you into a bowl game. Um, but it's like anything. It, it's like any sport. It's like any situation. What's the path to victory? And so I think the path to Hawaii getting the seven wins definitely, I mean, this is the road that you take to get there. I mean, if you don't beat New Mexico State, that road becomes that much more difficult. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think there are certain teams... Just from on, a mathematical yeah, standpoint. there are certain teams on this schedule, New Mexico State, UNLV, Nevada... New Mexico. Uh, New Mexico. Those are like, those are must captures in, you, you, as you far feel, as your, You feel confident at least maybe penciling in the W, right? Or at least well, you would normally. Not, well, it's not even that. It's just that if you're going to get to seven... Those are teams that sure. you have. You, you those can't afford have to, to be the wins, gotcha. yeah, yeah, right? Because yeah. then you could steal, a, you know, you could steal a couple gotcha, out gotcha. of yeah. out of phase two or out of like the. If you're ranking the teams that you're playing, it's like okay, these four, and then these and two, then and maybe then these you two. Get, maybe, maybe you steal you get one Wyoming of those. And Laramie, yeah, maybe you exactly. get Colorado State. No, I, I, I see what you're saying, and I, I do think that that is precisely what Timmy Chang's referring to when he calls this a must win because he's doing the addition in his mind too. Like, all right, realistically, where are the wins here? Where are the stepping? stones to being bowl eligible that is the ultimate goal each and every year you step 
on the field. Uh, and if you don't get this one, all of a sudden there are fewer stepping stones available potentially on the pathway. So, no, I think you nailed it on the head right there. We appreciate the call uh, there, Miles. Again, we're going to be talking with Riley Wagner, outside hitter for Rainbow Wahine Volleyball on the other side of this break. Uh, do want to remind everybody, though, that they can upgrade their island style with Kahala. It's the original Aloha shirt since 1936. Pick one up for yourself at one of Kahala's six stores island-wide or at kahala.com. All right, we're also going to be giving away a pair of volleyball tickets tomorrow night, so stay tuned for that. You're listening to Let's Talk Sports. What's up? Welcome back. Let's talk sports. Win a $1,000 cash grand prize, $100 weekly prizes, and ESPN Honolulu's pigskin picks brought to you by M. Dyer Global and Young's Fish Market. Visit ESPNHonolulu.com right now to register. Kanoa Leahy here in the PAXA studios. Rob DeMello of KHON2 is my guest co-host for the day. And joining us via the phone line, she is top three in kills per set for the Rainbow Wahine volleyball team. Top four in digs. The team leader in aces. Uh, one of the quintessential all-around six rotation players for this Hawaii squad. Riley Wagner joins us via the phone line. Riley, how you doing? Good, how are you? Yeah, I'm doing all right. Thanks for making the time to uh, talk story with us. Seven and four, this Rainbow Wahine team going into now conference play. Big West getting underway tomorrow against Cal State Bakersfield. Uh, how do you feel generally, having gone through this non-conference slate? Where do you feel this team is as you prepare for this next phase of the season? Um, I think this is a really good spot for us to start our conference play. I think we... Um, ended preseason pretty strong and were able to learn a lot from the games that we played and some of the losses that um, we had. Um, I think going into this conference play, we're going to have a try to have a different mindset and just kind of take care of things on our side a little better than we have been yeah obviously always going to be a couple of matches or sets here or there that maybe you guys feel could have gone the other way uh again seven and four overall here overall i think certainly a a strong campaign through the non-conference but was there a loss uh was it perhaps this last week uh, on the road in texas against tcu or perhaps liberty was there a loss along the way that you still feel like ah, i think we should have had that one yeah, I think both of those are definitely examples of uh, us kind of uh, not taking care of things the way we should have and the the end result kind of wasn't how we wanted. And I think those are big games that we have been trying to learn from and implement stuff in practice that is going to help us um, kind of flip those losses into wins, hopefully, in the, in the future. You mentioned learning from the teams that you have played here through the non-conference phase of the season or learning at least about yourselves. What have you learned about this team that you hope to apply here going forward the rest of the way? Um, I think a big takeaway just from the preseason stuff was that we have a lot of really good pieces and um, we can kind of plug any anybody in anywhere at whatever moment we need and I think a lot of the girls are very um, willing to help each other and like on the sidelines a lot of the people who aren't even playing are helping the people on the court so a lot of that stuff shows up in in uh, games even if the fans and stuff don't notice that kind of stuff but um, yeah I think we're really uh, want, want to see everyone do well and everyone is trying to help each other out. Riley uh, we we're talking to Robin earlier this week and she, she talked about the importance of this team never really being content with where they are. And not that Robin would ever allow you guys <laughs> to be content. But, you know, when you have someone like Kate win four straight setter of the week honors and uh, I mean, they, they got to rename the award after her at some point, and, and But you see her never 
being satisfied where, with where she is. How much does that kind of help the team when you see someone getting all these accolades and then that person isn't really riding on that, that they're just as hungry as they ever were? How much does that feed into the team? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a big um, thing that Coach Rob kind of preaches is never be satisfied and to kind of always keep striving for your full potential. Um, every day you come into the practice gym, the, the game gym. Um, so I think... Even we saw it last year a little bit with Kaylin because she got a couple of those weekly awards. And I think it's just been kind of expectation that you don't get satisfied with any of the personal awards and stuff if the team isn't doing um, and taking care of the, the little things that they need to. So I think for Kate, like that's a, a big part of her job being a setter and just kind of running the running the offense and stuff like that is just to constantly be trying to improve things and just keep working hard every day. We're talking with Riley Wagner, outside hitter for the Rainbow Wahine volleyball team. They get their Big West Conference schedule open tomorrow against Cal State Bakersfield at Simplify Arena at Stan Sheriff Center. Uh, Riley, uh, you are one of the OGs on this squad, right? You and Amber came into the program uh, together. What has this experience been like so far, being uh, part of that veteranship now and and truly being uh, one of the uh, senior leaders of this team? Yeah, it's an awesome new role that me and Amber are kind of stepping into and just being able to share our experience with some of these new players and um, kind of teach them the ropes a little bit and, and they're teaching us new things. So it's a it's a cool experience that we're getting to go through together. So I'm excited. It's kind of interesting just to see the development, right, The, the from when you were a true freshman in this program alongside Amber and to see uh, how your games have progressed. And uh, how do you describe your growth as a Rainbow Wahine? Um, I think my growth really came in like the communication part and just kind of, um, being free and just, I don't know, Coach Rob talks about it all all the time. I was super quiet when I came in and (laughs) just kind (laughs) of being older now, it's it's a lot easier to communicate and just kind of just rely on my teammates. And it's a really fun group that I've been with for the past couple of years. So it's awesome to get to end it with Amber and some of the other girls I've been playing with, um, for a couple of years now. Are you quiet by, by nature? Would you describe yourself as that? Or was it just because you were a young player on, on this uh, on this squad or, or, or within this program uh, that you were just a little shy to go there? Or how do you, how, how does that usually play out for you? Um, I'm just pretty quiet uh, by nature. I don't, I'm not really one of the loud ones in the group. Um, but I think just kind of being comfortable in, in the spot that I'm in and uh, everything like that is helpful, just uh, getting me out of my shell a little bit. I feel like I noticed, though, that the emo- the on-court emotion has changed, that, that you let it out a little bit more than obviously you did earlier in your career, and it kind of coincided with Beach. Do you think that that helped bring out the personality, the, the on-court personality a little bit more, just the, the nature of, of how Beach goes? Um, maybe a little bit. I guess I've never really thought about it like that. But yeah, I guess um, Beach being like just you and your partner, you kind of have to be a little bit more vocal, obviously, and and the things that you're you're talking about on the court, just because there's only two of you. So yeah, I think that definitely could have played into how I play um, indoor now, and just kind of using the skills for both of both of the sports. Well, just about anybody would seem quiet next to Amber Igedi, certainly in terms of uh, the emotion she plays with, uh, just just how vocal she is generally. Uh, what have you thought about her development and where she is now uh, as a volleyball player? 
Oh my gosh, I love talking about Amber. We could. Um, she's my favorite person. I have been really good friends with her since we we moved into the dorms freshman year that summer. Um, so it's just been awesome watching her grow as a person, as a player. Um, yeah, she's just an awesome human being, and it's awesome to see her succeed on the court and just be such a superstar. Uh, you came to this program from uh, Dublin, Ohio, Dublin Kaufman High School. Uh, you were the first Rainbow Wahine ever from the state of Ohio. How did Hawaii become a reality for you? Um, Coach Rob honestly made it happen. I kind of started my recruiting process uh, close to home and um, started branching out from there and he was able to get me on a visit out here and just kind of show me the culture and their team, and it was just awesome. So Coach Rob is to thank for that one. Was it just when you first saw it with your own eyes, you kind of thought, all right, this feels like it could be a home for a while? <laughs> yeah, so I actually came out here on vacation when I was like seven <laughs> with my family, and so I saw it then, and my little seven-year-old self was like, oh my gosh, I never <laughs> want to leave, like, Mom, ha, 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 I'm going to come to college out here. So it kind of was a joke until it became reality. <laughs> we're talking with Riley Wagner, outside hitter for the Rainbow Wahine volleyball team. And your parents were in town, were they not, a couple of weeks back? Yes, they were They were um, here for our first couple of openers. So that was really nice to have them out here with me. Yeah, what, what was that like, sort of having them uh, in the stands again, watching you play volleyball? Oh, it's always awesome. I love um, when my parents can get to see me play. And my grandparents actually came out to Texas to watch us out there. So it's always awesome when my family gets to come and see me. Well, that's uh, great stuff, Riley. We appreciate it. We appreciate the time. And, uh, hey, look, congrats on a strong start to this season. Uh, and, and good luck here now that you venture into conference play. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right, take care. Riley Wagner, outside hitter for the Rainbow Wahine volleyball team. And, uh, yeah, it's interesting just hearing her telling the story about her seven-year-old self being exposed to Hawaii and uh, joking with her parents that she wants to come out here for college and uh, just the way she sort of laughs about that. You can sense that personality much more comfortable, right, with herself perhaps in her skin. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, she is key to this Hawaii team. Maybe not the best efficiency numbers offensively throughout her career, but the fact that she plays such strong defense, she's so reliable in that way. She does have her moments when she does get hot and the sets are sort of, uh, you know, when she and Kate Lang are vibing um, from a chemistry standpoint, uh, she can rip into it as good as anybody. And so I think her value, just being able, uh, as uh, from Robin Amo's standpoint, being able to rely on her to go six rotations around the floor and making herself available offensively Offensively, uh, that's been a huge uh, thing for this uh, Hawaii team over the last several years. Yeah, and and her growth over the years, and and just the the importance that she plays on this team has grown so much. And uh, you know, she's one of those players that when she came in as a freshman, and I, you know, you know, I remember just like, wow, she's so young, and you know, I wonder what you know, where she goes from here. And and I remember thinking at the time that she was going to be one type of player, and then she ended up being another. I mean, her defense is so solid mm -hmm. and so important to it when this team is clicking th that's where it starts right yeah. i mean when they're really flowing it starts with her defense and and so 
ultra important, especially heading into conference play. Yeah, we appreciate her time for sure. Domino's Pizza of Hawaii, we appreciate their time supporting this program. If you order online or via the app, you can save up to 20% off on your order. They have all kinds of other great combo discount deals. And Domino's Hawaii, always thinking about the community first at every turn. So that's why uh, I feel so strongly about being supported uh, by that wonderful organization. Domino's Pizza of Hawaii, we deliver aloha. All right, we'll take a break when we come back. Uh, I got to give some props to Robbie D uh, because uh, he called something, I think, uh, maybe on the front end of uh, an issue this past week in college football that not a lot of other people called. So I'm going to give you a little bit of props when we come back. Plus, we're going to give away two tickets to volleyball when we return. What's up? Welcome back. Let's talk sports. Big mahalo once again to Riley Wagner for joining in that last segment. Kanoa Leahy along with Rob DeMello here in the Paxa Studios in Honolulu. Rob, uh, beside himself because he wanted to complete a thought about some <laughs> random topic that we were discussing during the commercial break. And then all of a sudden we were being played back on the air. And you like reacted in a way I've never seen you. Like you are always the, the king of cool and always like the the uh, optimist, <laughs> optimist and, and the, the wishful thinker. Uh, and I just saw you like slam your hand on the table and you're like I wanted to complete that thought and then we're coming back on the air I've never seen that reaction from you before the funny thing is I don't even think I don't even think I was that passionate about it that's just what came out we weren't talking about anything important that's no, for and sure trust me what I'm gonna tell you later isn't that important <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we will save that for later. I do want to give you a little bit of props here um, because last week we talked about the whole Colorado-Colorado State matchup, right, and how hyped it was. Colorado basically now the the headlining program in college football, bar none. Deion Sanders runs the world right now. Uh, But then you had that little challenge from Jay Norvell where he made the comment about Deion uh, wearing sunglasses and a hat in press conferences and Jay Norvell saying his mom taught him uh, when he's talking to adults to take your hat and your glasses off and that kind of thing. Um, And so... uh, that was obviously broken down. It became this huge story because the media was just so involved with Colorado. They they wanted to get their hands on any kind of fodder uh, that could help hype up that game. And so uh, social media went crazy. Mainstream media went crazy over that comment. And you uh, said something on the show last week where you said that you loved it because you felt like you were understanding what Jay Norvell was doing in trying to basically just deliver a message to his players like, hey, look, yeah, they're Colorado. They're all the glitz and glamour right now. They're the in thing but we're not going to give a bleep about that. And you saw that translate to the play on the field. Now, you can criticize that perhaps uh, he, he sort of ignited uh, another level of vitriol there, which led to some of the dirty plays that we saw on the field. Um, and, and you can maybe be critical from that standpoint. But his intent, uh, he would eventually say on social media, was precisely what you were suggesting. So I got to give you a little bit of props there on that one, Robbie oh, D. Oh, thank you very much. And You know... We did agree, though, uh, last Thursday that um, probably went the wrong way about it as far as because his words could have been taken to making disrespectful remarks to Deion Sanders' mother, right? And, and that's something that I don't think he intended, and, and, and we both agreed that that probably wasn't the best way to go about it. But definitely, I thought that, you know, he was talking more to his players than anyone um, during that. And, you know, and and you see this over the course of time in college football. And one that really stands out to me that really when you break it down, is like the most disrespectful thing ever. But 
it's also it just shows how important it is to create a rivalry especially when it's in in state and all that is is when um i think it was the florida state uh library we had a fire oh yeah and someone asked steve spurrier uh-huh. about it and he said oh man it's a shame all those coloring books are gone right yeah, it, they, they hadn't been colored in yet yeah yeah and, and so i mean really when you think about it that, like, that is horribly disrespectful saying <laughs> that about the florida state institution and the, the students and the professors and everyone there but it's more of just like a, we don't like them and mm-hmm. so we badmouth them and that's how this works and uh, and I think that's what Jay Norvell was trying to do and, you know, took a misstep a little bit. But I think at the end of the day, I mean, he got out of his team what he wanted. And that was for them to enter that game, um, you know, understanding that that Colorado and Colorado State are on an even level. They're in-state rivals and this is going to be a ball yeah. game. And that's what we saw. Yeah. The, the thing that, that I feel like he can be criticized for sort of mentioned it, uh, but the fact that it added so much of that kind of vitriol, right? You saw yeah. the players with that run-in prior to kickoff, and, uh, you know, we saw some of the plays that took place, you know, the Henry Blackburn hit uh, on Travis Hunter. You know, that that certainly was a, a, a dirty play, and there were some other plays throughout the game from both sides that fed into that, and I think that that was partially created because of the added layer of drama from the Jay Norvell statement, not just the statement, but also the reaction by Dion and its personal mm-hmm. and all this stuff. It just, it sort of built up to that uh and then of course what you then invite is you invite the, the crazies on social media and they're you know people are, are posting oh death they're threats. always waiting for an invite oh my gosh the, they're the, just waiting around the, the corner the waiting lunatic for fringe on twitter and and the other social media platforms they're just yeah they're asking for a reason right and so that's the only thing that i would suggest was maybe that helped create that mm-hmm. environment Absolutely. uh but what he said because i think reese davis said something very similar to you about hey look he's trying to send a message to his players and in response to that, Jay Norvell posted uh, that, yeah, that's that's he's the one guy that got uh, what I was trying to do. And uh, I was thinking to myself, you know, Robbie D, I got to give him credit because uh, he was another guy uh, that saw that coming. I thought that that was uh, that was pretty cool. And it ended up being just an incredible, incredible football game. The world was watching. It did record numbers. Uh, and so even then, even in a game where Colorado's like 24-point favorites and, and they have to drive the field Brady style in order to even send that game to overtime and win in the second OT, even then, Dion still wins. Not just because of the literal victory on the field, but because people are watching his product and it is entertaining the bejesus out of everybody. Well, let's bring it close to home, right? The University of Hawaii beats Albany in a game that they're you know, if you go into the black market, you can find some uh, some odds for FCS, FBS. But Colorado was bigger favorites against Colorado State than Hawaii was mm-hmm. against Albany. Hawaii gets that win, and the day after, it doesn't feel like a win, right? Everyone's talking about, like, they yeah. should have beat them by you, more. You they probably should've... felt better after the Vanderbilt loss than yeah, the U-Albany exactly. win. But then you have Colorado <laughs> yeah. not only not cover the spread, but get taken to the double overtime. Probably should have lost that game time and time again. They had so many opportunities to lose that game. And Deion Sanders comes out on top. Colorado Buffaloes come out on top. They're at More national games are being added. More pregame shows are being added. It just shows that the power of Deion Sanders, the power of entertainment, the power of... Uh, of just what he possesses it i mean these are two very similar situations and uh the reaction to the 
two games yeah. by the two fan bases, very different. That's interesting that you say that. Do you think that Dion deserved a little bit more criticism, the fact that that game was so close? It didn't seem like much of the coverage in the days after uh, involved much on like, hey, you know, what did Colorado not do? Or, you know, how did this game get so close? And there weren't a lot of questions necessarily directed to the Buffalo's side. I think much more of the coverage was, hey, good on you, Colorado State. You really showed out in your in-state rivalry. Um, and I'm wondering, is 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 Dion still in that, that level of exaltation that people are still just beaming the fact that this product is being put out there by Colorado uh, that could change here obviously Oregon this weekend could change things significantly but uh, do you think that that's still the Dion effect taking place yeah absolutely because I think at the end of the day a lot of people want to see them be successful because it's just fun it's just better for college football if they continue to win games and I do think that everyone also understands that it's going to get very, very difficult starting this week, right? Oregon, USC, you still got to play Washington State and Oregon State and, and UCLA. I mean, they, they may have, you know, the, the schedule worked out perfectly for what Colorado is becoming. But I'll tell you what, this back end of the schedule is going to yeah. be very difficult. And, and so, you know, with that being said, um, you know, I think sometimes – there is a little bit too much criticism as far as how much a team wins. That's by. fair, yeah. And yeah. that goes just across the board. I'm yeah. not just talking about Colorado or UH or anything. I mean, the NFL for that. I mean, it is hard to win football games, mm-hmm. and That's a good point. And you know, and not everything is going to work out perfectly. And and I think not enough people take a step back and think about football relating to their lives or their working lives. And you know, you're filing paperwork in your office. I mean. You know, sometimes you have obstacles that get in the way and you just need to get this done. You need to get this into your boss or whatever it is. And no one, you know, after kind of dissects as far as how you got to that point. Did you get your job done? You did. And so I think sometimes the the how much you won by is blown out of proportion when it comes to sports. It's just, I mean, the name of the game is winning and how can you win through adversity, through challenges, and always remembering that there's two teams that are playing that game. Not every time that someone scores a touchdown means because the defense sucks or because the defense blew it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes that other team's allowed to have a good play. Yeah. and, And they're busting their butts too. They worked on this play a thousand times and it worked. And so I, I think not enough times people remember that aspect of sports. Yeah, yeah. No, um, that's true. I think that's a, a, an incredibly well thought out point. Uh, unfortunately, that's just not usually the reality when it comes to media coverage. And so uh, I still think circling back, you're right. I think we were still so enamored sort of as a mainstream media um, with Deion Sanders and what he's doing that they're, they're just not there yet. It's not time to, to really sling any darts in, in Dion's direction. Um, at least that seems to be the vibe. But we'll see. We'll see if, if that changes. Now, there are a couple you wanted to well, add I'm one just more gonna thing. I was going to say one thing that stood out to me from that game and and, you know, Dion's this big personality and, and everyone has their idea of what Dion Sanders is. And But uh, if you watch uh, the receiver number five, right, had a bunch of drops in that game and the way that he related to him and the way that – and I saw an interview later that the – they were having a deep conversation on the sideline and they hugged each other. And this is like after all the drops, he ends up being the guy that yeah. forces overtime. Right. And so someone asked, what was the conversation? And, and Dion said, well, 
I was telling him about his father who's incarcerated, who's watching this game in the prison, wanting to celebrate his son and wanting to cheer and, you know, and give him that opportunity. Like what happened, happened. Now let's go and give him something to cheer about. I, I thought that was, you know, that that's amazing. And that's what a real coach is, man. That's what a motivator yeah. is. And it's fun to look at Deion Sanders and be like, oh, he's prime time, he, you know. But at the same time, you got to give credit to, I mean, this guy is a master motivator, master motivator. And to me, that's the the number one thing in being a head coach. And I think that's why he's perfect at this level. And there have been already uh, some murmurings about, hey, look, you know, is the NFL on the horizon for Dion? And at least one writer who wrote a book about Dion Sanders is saying that uh, he doesn't feel like that's ever going to happen because Dion is sort of in his bag here in the way he can relate to young people, the way he can kind of run this thing in its current structure, right, in this NIL era and all of that stuff um, that Dion would have no interest in coaching at the NFL level. And I think a lot of that is what you're talking about there. That That's a, a perfect anecdote to uh, why he's so good right now at what he does. Uh, catch UH and NFL football at 850 Craft Beer and Whiskey Bar at Leeward Bowl. They're open 6 a.m. Sundays, showing all the NFL games. Monday night and Thursday night football, they got a happy hour poo-poo menu from 4 to 7 p.m. daily. And for Hawaii football games, there's one coming up Saturday. They'll have an awesome menu special as well. 850 is the home of the new video wall. It's the place for UH college and NFL football. We got to give away two tickets to volleyball. Uh, we are going to do that right now. 808-296-1420. Liz, you're back. Welcome back from vacation. We're going to put you to work here during the break uh, because Riley Wagner uh, joined us in that last segment. She wears number six. And so what we're going to do is sixth caller here during the break. 808-296-1420. You get the two tickets. We'll announce the winner when we come back. Again, 808-296-1420. All you got to do is call in and you get the tickets to Rainbow Wahine Volleyball. We'll be back with our best and worst. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Woodcraft Hawaii's vendor days are here. This week, save 10% off Makita power tools and 25% off accessories at Woodcraft Hawaii. Kanoalehi here in the PAXA studios in Honolulu. Robbie D. Rob DeMello, the guest co-host here for the day. Uh, congrats to Mark from Honolulu. He was the sixth caller during the break. He gets the pair of volleyball tickets, Hawaii and Cal State Bakersfield, as the Rainbow Wahine get going on Big West Conference play tomorrow night. All right, Robbie, it's time for our best and worst. You got a best? I got a best. Uh, it goes out to uh, Angela Lee Pucci, the Hawaii MMA superstar who recently shared her, her story and really opened up about a uh, suicide attempt in 2017, which was a, a single car accident. And she came out and said that now it's actually a suicide attempt. Her, she opened up about her sister, Victoria, who passed in December and that actually being a suicide. And so she started a fight story nonprofit organization to combat suicide and for suicide prevention and, and mental health awareness. And, and so what she's doing is going to change people's lives. It's really going to impact uh, a lot of families and, and I, and I commend her for doing it. And so everyone check it out. Fightstory.org 
is her website. And um, I did an interview with her yesterday that's on my social media platforms and khon2.com. And uh, just much love and aloha goes out to Angela. Yeah, no, harrowing um, stuff that she was open about and very candid about. And uh, yeah, you just wish the best to that family. They've achieved a lot in the way of success. Uh, but there's also um, a lot of, of hurt that they've had to overcome with what has happened uh, in the family. And so, uh, yeah, bless her for, for sharing that and, and making herself accessible in that way. Uh, and yeah, I think you're right. It's, it's going to help a lot of people going forward. Uh, we just have to learn how to talk about these things. Mm -hmm. And she's providing a platform and an avenue by which to do that. Uh, all right, my best is much more trivial, but it is something that hits me in the sweet spot. Uh, Barry Sanders, my all-time favorite NFL football player, the reason why I'm a Detroit Lions fan, in essence. Uh, he has been working with Prime Video, Amazon Studios, uh, for a documentary that's coming out in November, Bye Bye Barry, where he is going to address, first person, for the first time, the actual reasons why he walked away when he did from the game. Retired, he was still very much uh, in his prime, or at least uh, certainly effective, was on the verge of breaking the all-time rushing record. It most certainly would likely be his now, as opposed to Emmett Smith, had he not retired. And that's been a great mystery. Why did you walk away, Barry? Apparently, he's going to address it here. So that's my best. I can't wait. I'm fascinated. I, I saw a promo for the other day, and I was blown away. I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is happening. I'm excited. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's going to be awesome. I, I can't wait to watch. I still just randomly every once in a while will go on YouTube and just like watch Barry Sanders highlights. And yeah, just, you and know, just sit there smiling. There's something about like your favorite player as a kid that I mean, because I do the same thing. I watch David Justice home runs <laughs> on YouTube. Like, like if I don't know what I'm about to do on my computer, I'm just like David Justice, Bobby A. Bear, Jim Everett, <laughs> <laughs> like, like all, which I don't yeah, know why no. my players aren't. <laughs> They're very hard. Like, I got to dig through YouTube, bro, to find those. <laughs> You're like Barry Sanders, yeah, David yeah. Robinson. Yeah, exactly. Doc like, Gooden. And I'm I'm over here like Bud, Cedric Sabalos. Yeah, yeah. Bud Smith. Yeah. yeah. Spent two weeks in the majors. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Do you have a worse? Yeah, my choice in all-time favorite. <laughs> You're just like just coming to the realization of yeah. it right now. No, my, now that you're saying it out loud. I was speaking. Okay, I got it worse. All right, and and it is this: for the eighth consecutive season, the Los Angeles Angels will have a losing season, um, and you know that's with Shohei Otani for six of them and Mike yeah. Trout with all eight. Yeah. But I will say this: that that streak started the season that they became the Los Angeles Angels. Tells you something. So they should be what? Any, I mean, you got to have Anaheim in the name. You got to have, you know, California Angels, Anaheim Angels. I thought the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim was stupid, yeah. but still way better than Los Angeles Ana, or Los Angeles Angels because they are not in Los Angeles County. They're yeah, in Orange yeah. County. Yeah, like, yeah. they're not even in Los Angeles. So you can't have a name. That's like the University of Hawaii being the University of Memphis in Manoa. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Nah. Yeah. So you're going to keep having losing seasons, Angels, if you don't drop Los Angeles. Um, yeah, probably. You know what? We're up against it. And you've been really <laughs> angry throughout a lot of this show. I can't wait to hear <laughs> what you meant to talk my voice. about. Rob DeMello is uh, he is turning the corner, folks. <laughs> he is becoming much more emotive on the negative side. No, appreciate it, Robbie. Always a pleasure. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow.